0: and welcome to the Weather of the Mind podcast. I'm your host, Doug Krish. Good day to you. This podcast has been recorded on January 8th, 2020. So those of you who are listening to this semi live happy belated and ongoing new year to you. Keep in mind that this early January time is one of the more challenging times of the year emotionally. The return to normalcy, the the post-holiday times, and uh, in a lot of country, it's dark, cold. So, let's reflect on wonder today. In episode sixty-five, I try to link it back to episode sixty-one, which was an episode called "Wide-eyed Wonder." Try to go a little further into further into this exploration of wonder, and today I sit with a book called The Sense of Wonder by Rachel Carson. Now, Rachel Carson, rest in peace, is an amazing environmental writer who is very famous for writing a book called Silent Spring, which when it came out in 1962, really woke people up to the risks of too many pesticides and chemicals in our environment and how this can be damaging insects and other animals and just the foundation of our ecosystems were at risk because of human behavior. So this is before Earth Day, before a widespread environmental movement. Rachel Carson truly is and was a great prophet of the environmental movement and a true hero. She died of cancer in the early 60s, but she had written this essay, which she wanted to expand to a larger book. This essay is called The Sense of Wonder. And this book, if you pick up a copy at the library, it has a lot of photographs and, and not too much text because it is an essay now in a book form. Now I picked out three excerpts I wanted to share with you. So let's just, let's just dive into those three excerpts and just uh, do a little free flow and see what we come up with. Okay, so here's the first excerpt from Rachel Carson's The Sense of Wonder. A child's world is fresh and new and beautiful, full of wonder and excitement. It is our misfortune that for most of us that cleared-eyed vision, that true instinct for what is beautiful and awe-inspiring is dimmed and even lost before we reach adulthood. If I had influence with the good fairy who is supposed to preside over the christening of all children, I should ask that her gift to each child in the world would be a sense of wonder, so indestructible that it would last throughout life, as an unfailing antidote against the boredom and disenchantments of later years, the sterile preoccupation with things that are artificial, the alienation from the sources of our strength. Mm. So she's talking about that foundation of wonder That foundation of wonder that is innate to children It's innate and I often think that as we grow older We don't lose our younger selves The 7 year old Doug is, is sitting right here As I make this, this podcast It's part of me all the time And it's layered up with maybe the 15 year old Doug And the 25 year old Doug And so on and so forth so this this youthful parts of ourselves, I think they're still always there. And that's why it's that's why I love to joke and to play and to play games and to goof off because we get to engage in some of that youthful joy. So I, I know for me, the joking around the youthful joy is accessible. but what about the youthful wonder? Does that happen more in an introverted space where just me and on a nature hike, or me and one friend sitting by a pond or a river. So this quote really encourages us to think about ourselves. What gave us wonder as youngsters? Think of your five and six and seven-year-old self and think about what really gave us wonder. And how do we reconnect and add kindling to those, those old coals and rebuild some of those fires? Second reading... From the same book. And then there is the world of little things, seen all too seldom. Many children, perhaps because they themselves are small and closer to the ground than we, notice and delight in the small and inconspicuous. With this beginning, it is easy to share with them the beauties we usually miss because we look so we look too hastily, set it, seeing the whole and not its parts. Some of nature's most exquisite handiwork is on a miniature scale as anyone knows who has applied a magnifying glass to a snowflake. An investment of a few dollars in a good hand lens or magnifying glass will bring a new world into being. With your child, look at objects you take for granted as commonplace or uninteresting. A sprinkling of sand grains may appear as gleaming jewels of rose or crystal hue, or as glittering jet beads, or as a melange of Lilliputian rocks, spines of sea urchins, and bits of snail shells. A lens-aided view into a patch of moss reveals a dense tropical jungle in which insects large as tigers prowl amid strangely formed luxuriant trees. A bit of pondweed or seaweed put in a glass container and studied under a lens is found to be populated by hordes of strange beings whose activities can entertain you for hours. Flowers. Especially the composites, the early buds of leaf or flower from any tree or any small creature reveal unexpected beauty and complexity when, aided by a lens, we can escape the limitations of the human size scale. Mm. This quote reminded me of the <laughs> reminded me of the movie Honey I Shrunk the Kids, a Rick Moranis classic from the late eighties, I think. In this movie, Rick Moranis played an inventor. He created an invention that allowed uh, him to shrink things, so he shrunk his kids, and they therefore spent the rest of the movie being lost in the lawn. And I remember as a kid, and I still, when I think of it now, there's something quite wonderful about that movie because it reminds us about the world, the worlds that exist in our in the yard next to our house, or in that little plot of forest. So many worlds, so many small little niches, so much complexity and aliveness surrounding us, but a lot of it's small. And so here, Rachel Carson proposes that we go out and buy a little hand lens or a little magnifying glass to have with us when we're with children, so that we can get down close to the ground and explore the small, that we can get out of our human lens and get into, get into the ground, get into some other animals or some other insect's perspective on life. And now let's go ahead to Rachel Carson's part of her conclusion and our final Rachel Carson excerpt of the day. What is the value of preserving and strengthening this sense of awe and wonder? This recognition of something beyond the boundaries of human existence. Is the exploration of the natural world just a pleasant way to pass the golden hours of childhood? Or is there something deeper? I am sure there is something much deeper, something lasting and significant. Those who dwell, as scientists or laymen, among the beauties and mysteries of the earth are never alone or weary of life. Whatever the vexations or concerns of their personal lives, their thoughts can find paths that lead to inner contentment and to renewed excitement in living. Those who contemplate the beauty of the earth find reserves of strength that will endure as long as life lasts. There is symbolic as well as actual beauty in the migration of the birds, the ebb and flow of the tides, the folded bud ready for the spring. There is something infinitely healing, in the repeated refrains of nature, the assurance that dawn comes after night and spring after the winter. Mm. So according to Rachel Carson, if we spend time engaging in the wonder of nature, it will almost on a subconscious level connect us to the deeper cycles of life. It will connect us to some curiosity and wonder at At the miracle of life. We'll engage in that miracle on a visceral level. On a visual. Seeing, tasting, holding, smelling that miracle. And that will reverberate into our days in surprising ways. It will reverberate in our days in surprising ways. So, we have a few ideas. A few ways to get started. Help encouraging ourselves. And again, I think... Another reminder is that if we can balance our adult selves and our youthful joys, we retain some of the joys of youth with some of the wisdom of elderhood. This is the spectrum we go from. If, ch- if, if childhood is this place of exploration and joy and wonder and excitement and learning, and the other end of the spectrum is the wise elder, this is a place of of what? Of sharing, teaching, of reflecting, learning, of calmness. And we're somewhere in between that journey. But it seems that the balanced people and the, and the perhaps most wise people retain a little bit of both. They have a little bit of that wise elder in them and they have a little bit of that youthful wonder. Or maybe a lot of both. A lot of youthful wonder and a lot of wise elder. So what does middle age give us? Practicality? Paying the bills, worrying about things that we have to worry about. These are important, too. So as we think about wonder, let's think about the child inside of us. And if you think about growth and living and learning, let's think about the, the, the wise elder inside of us. I know at the beginning of the show I said I'd, I'd have three excerpts from the book, but I, I just remembered there's one more I wanted to share that's really important here at the end of the show. I'm reading from Rachel Carson once more. Parents often have a sense of inadequacy when confronted on the one hand with the eager, sensitive mind of a child and on the other with a world of complex physical nature inhabited by a life so various and unfamiliar that it seems hopeless to reduce it to order and knowledge. In a mood of Self-defeat, they exclaim, how can I possibly teach my child about nature? Why, I don't even know one bird from another. I sincerely believe that for the child and for the parents seeking to guide him, it is not half so important to know as to feel. If facts are the seeds that later produce knowledge and wisdom, then the emotions and the impressions of the senses are the fertile soil in which the seeds must grow. The years of early childhood are the time to prepare the soil. Once the emotions have been aroused, a sense of the beautiful, the excitement of the new and the unknown, a feeling of sympathy, pity, admiration, or love, then we wish for knowledge about the object of our emotional response. Once found, it has a lasting meaning. It is more important to pave the way for the child to want to know than to put him on a diet of facts he is not ready to assimilate. Boom. Oh, drop the book, walk out of the room. Wow. Rachel Carson laying down Very something that I would, I would very strongly endorse as an educational theory that emotion must lead rational. We must arouse sympathy, wonder, excitement. This is what drives lifelong learning. This is what drives youthful learning that is of value. When I think about all these quotes and meditations on wonder and joy and engaged learning and in just engagement with life, it makes me think that we're, this is something pretty fundamental and something pretty important. And that a lot of the people who are more at peace with life are those who, who, who do feel this wonder and this joy, who have found something something in this world that keeps them excited and interested and alive. And when we find that, if we are able to be in that space and to share that joy and excitement with others, that's valuable. That is really a value. That is a social wealth. If you think about the times and the things that you're really excited about, the times that you feel that youthful joy and if you're able to engage in those, it's going to be, it's going to be good for you and your spirit. If you're able to share those, those times or, or places or those interests with others, it's going to be good for the community. That's some of the, some of the raw value we have as humans is our enthusiasm, our excitement, our wonder. So hopefully, uh, hopefully this has been good for a ponder at least. Hmm give thanks stoking the fires of wonder trying to keep it practical the practical advice is to buy a hand lens or go on a nature hike this week even if it's cold look at those formations of ice keep living and learning keep growing let's stay hydrated keep positive happy to be with you i appreciate you have a good day and week bye-bye Bye. Uh, Bye. Uh, 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 uh.